Buju Ginoa. This is Charles Smith. I'm Ojibwe from the Fond du Lac Reservation, and you're listening to the Middle of the Res Road podcast. Buju Anishinaabe Doug. This is Joel Boje. I'm an Ojibwe from the Boys Fort Band of Chippewa Indians. This is in collaboration with the Minnesota Tribal Contractors Council, a.k.a. MNTCC, the show that is designed to be the source of information about industry job opportunities, success stories, trainings, and upcoming projects for Native Americans. We also share about our culture and language because it is the foundation of our identities. Oh. And we're back with another episode of Middle of the Res Road. And I'm here today with Charity Johnson. And she's going to tell us about Starbase. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> okay. Do you want to give us some background information on who you are? Sure. Um, yeah, I'm the director of the Starbase program here in Duluth. Um, I've been doing this since we opened the program in 2017. Um, and prior to that, I've spent my whole career in nonprofit work and fundraising. So so fundraising, how how much fundraising goes into Starbase? <laughs> um, well, we are a nonprofit, so uh, we do have the ability to uh, raise funds in support of the program. Uh, we are also funded by the federal government, though. We are a federal uh, program, and we're contracted to carry out the program here in the region. Um, so we do raise funds um, primarily from... Um, businesses and foundations to help support the needs that our budget doesn't necessarily cover. So when you talk a federal program, is that a, like a canned curriculum that you guys get from the federal government or do you get, is there some wiggle room on what you want to do? Yeah, we, um, they provide us offerings, which we can select from the curriculum, but then we can also do what we need to do to make it our own or to amplify the messaging of the activities. So whether that's, you know, buying a really um, cool or unique piece of technology to enhance the student experience, we can do that um, to help make that, make the activity um, resonate. For example, if we want to relate it to something going on in the community or the region where the students live we can do that and you know we were talking earlier before we went went live and I had asked this question because I always forget it I always forget what the acronym stands for so for people that may not know what STEM stands for can you tell us yeah, absolutely. Um, STEM stands for science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, sometimes people put the A in there for STEAM, which incorporates the arts into uh, into STEM, which we do organically. A lot of what we do involves creativity and, and ways for the students to be um, artistic, if you will. It might not be just true like artwork necessarily, but they have creative freedom to do a lot of things to express who they are. So a lot of that is embedded in in science and engineering that a lot of people don't even realize. And with STEM, um, being a farmer educator, and I don't know if I don't know if anyone can actually ever say that they're a farmer educator. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it ever shuts off. Seriously, I, I think about it every single day. I wake up, I still feel like I'm an educator. I go to work, I still feel like I'm an educator, and I can see. Because it, I've done some, I was telling you, I've done some work in Duluth Public Schools as an mm-hmm. integration specialist. So what we would do, 
Uh, one of the last big changes that we had made in Duluth was to push into a class with students. So I got to see how students um, worked with teachers, worked uh, with their peers. But uh, one of the classes that I liked pushing into was uh, science class in Duluth East. And, you know, thinking about STEM and thinking about everything that, <clears throat> thinking about how that's changed education. Um, can you tell us about some of the things that, how you see that, that STEM has improved it? education. Yeah. And the way that Starbase specifically, I feel enhances um, or helps to improve um, the curriculum that our students experience in their own schools is we really take all of the math and science that they've learned or are learning and we embed it and apply it into the activities or the lessons that the students are participating in. And then the students are the ones then carrying out the activities on their own. They are you know, creating their own hypotheses, they're collecting their own data, um, or really putting students in control of, of the activity or the lesson. So what they put in is what they're going to get out. And we relate it all to real world things that are happening, or um, we actually, the storyline that we have students follow throughout the course of the week they spend with us is manning a mission to Mars. So they might be learning about atmospheric conditions on Earth, but then how does that extrapolate to what atmospheric conditions might look like on Mars. And then that's where, again, we embed some math and they might be comparing decimals and converting that to fractions and, you know, different components of air and things like that. So um, so I think that, you know, the, the importance of STEM really brings all of those elements together with, and what really kind of binds it all together is that technology piece, um, which really helps uh, because it's, it's threaded throughout, you know, engineering, it's in science, it's, it's within math. So we kind of use those components, whether it's a temperature probe or it's CAD design engineering software or it's robotics. Um, there's always a piece of technology that is featured in the activities that we do, which I think helps bring it all together for the kids is the mars thing now <laughs> you know that caught my ear <laughs> is the mars thing a huge thing in science right now because of elon musk or is it is it just a thing that humans have always thought about leaving earth um, a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think right now what NASA is working on and what where the exploration is going is that the generation of students that we're serving right now are the the adults, the humans that will be manning this mission. So, you know, the NASA is looking at 10, 15, 20 years from now, and this generation of students um, is the one that will be engineering, you know, the, the rocketry. They will be um, nutrition specialists, you know, packaging the food. So I think, again, it's it's something tangible that while it's, it's still really exciting to think about, you know, and kind of far out in the future, the students really realize that it could be a reality and they see themselves you know in those positions and dreaming about what that could look like for them maybe and when you take a look at the <clears throat> all the sci-fi movies that i may have ever watched <laughs> uh, when they're picking this is is it a one-way mission right now would it be a one-way mission um i guess that's a good question i don't know that i think i think right now it's a one-way mission yeah right? there, there's no re there's no possibility of return because the fuel that it would require to go there. 
That's true. Yeah, that's that's possible. So yeah, so when we think about it, we think about the the humans that are going. You're going to have to establish a base, um, and how are they going to live? How are they going to eat? How are they going to work? And those are all the kind of the challenges that these students at Starbase are trying to figure out. So yeah, it's a huge thing. I mean, I follow it a, a little bit more than. I think we all follow it a little bit more because Elon Musk is constantly talking about it. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's really interesting to think, um, especially coming from, you know, I thought about it from a tribal perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's to ensure that humans, the human species survives. It's in case of a, um, you know, asteroid hitting Earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I I would thought of, I started thinking about it as well. If we're going to go to Mars, I would at least want a couple of Ojibwe people to go to Mars too, because in the event of an asteroid crashing into Earth, I would want you know my group of people to live on, right? Be represented, and <clears throat> so thinking about how they're going to pick people and what they actually need. So I don't know. It's wild to think about everything that you would need on a mission to Mars, what kind of people, what kind of scientists, um, specific backgrounds. I mean, and no matter what, you're you're not taking everything that you would want because you have to narrow the selection down. So that's, um, I don't know, it's existential almost <laughs> when you think about it. Yeah. And... I don't know. I think about it once in a while and it makes me go back and forth. And I would hope that we, I hope as a, as a group of people, especially tribal people that STEM programs do enough work where we get to send some of our people to Mars to check it out and hopefully survive. Yeah, I know um, one of the most, um, she's received a lot of press, and I wish I could remember her name, um, but there is an astronaut who is the first um, Native American descent astronaut and a female, which is also really exciting. That was within the last year, right? Yes, yep. Yeah, I, I was reading about that too. No, I, re- I, I like reading a lot. I, you know, as in, I don't know if it's because I, I'm a... I went to the University of Minnesota. So when, mm-hmm. when you're saying research based and you got to come up with your own answers and you got to see your own um, research and prove prove what you're trying to prove, I get all that. Um, that's the minute you go into the University of Minnesota, you're like surrounded by researchers, and and it was probably one of the best experiences that I ever had in a, in. A, educational system yeah and it's unusual for fifth graders to get to experience that kind of application um and science so again i think it shows them you know in the future whether they go to college or they you know they go into another kind of pathway um for career is that they get that real world experience where most of us you and i didn't get to experience that until we got to college yeah i think and what what that must do to a a kid's confidence to say, Hey, I figured this out. I thought this would happen. This actually happened or it did actually happen. And I got to prove that. And what that does to a kid's self-esteem 
Yeah, it's it's huge. It's monumental, actually. And we see every single week we have a new school and every single week we see those aha moments with those students who, let's say back in a traditional classroom, they are very quiet. They don't engage. They don't feel, you know, like they're they learn the same way everyone else does. Um, And then at Starbase, because we change that so dramatically and they're you know they're in a completely different environment and they're directing their own you know destiny if you will that we see so many students so many kids just come out of their shells and just their confidence level changes 180 degrees and their teachers are sitting back just in awe of how how engaged they are and it's just it's again it's it's finding every student's strength and and really pulling that out and letting them lead their own way and we hope that that confidence carries them through further in school where they might pursue more math or at least they have that confidence where it's like you know i I thought I was bad at math before, but I just realized I need to learn it in a different way. So because a lot of kids don't don't learn, you know, if they're not doing it hands on or if they're not figuring it out for themselves. Yeah. Education. I understand that. And I agree with that 100 percent. When I was growing up, um, it was second grade. I was in second grade. I didn't think I was the best student ever. Uh, first grade was really hard on me. You know, you're learning how to read. You're trying to put things together and trying to figure out math, and you're getting all these things thrown at you in uh, every direction possible. So I got second grade. I don't think I did that well in first grade. Plus, I got yelled at for cheating. (laughs) And, you know, in the real world, that's collaboration. So (laughs) screw them teachers. Um, (laughs) But second grade, I was – it was – I think it was in the middle of winter when things completely changed for me in education, in my schooling. I failed my math test. One of my best friends, still friends with him to this day, I watch him on Facebook and he's doing great things with his life. I failed my test. I asked the teacher, can I take it again? Because I just wanted to take it again. I, I did horrible. I probably got like 25%. Um she let me take again my my one my best friend at the time he tutored me to take it the second time failed that one again and at that time I was like man ready to give up and still wanting to do it a third time and he talks me into doing it a third time he said here we'll work through these problems the ones that you didn't get and we'll take it a third time and something just clicked. And on that oh. third time, I aced it. Wow. And I, you know, that aha moment, what you're talking about, where education finally makes sense, or maybe the um, equations finally make sense. It took me three times. Mm-hmm. And after that, my entire, it was like my life changed. Because school is easy after that. Um, Matt, I, by the time I was in sixth or seventh grade, I was testing in college level for math. Wow. So completely changed the way I look at math and reading and science and all of that. Science was still a struggle. (laughs) Science was harder than math, but math, it just became easy after that. But then I I realized what it took. It took me failing two times. And on that third time I aced it. There's no doubt in my mind. 
Yeah, one of the biggest things that we celebrate at Starbase is failure. Um, you know, we call what you did as, as that second grader perseverance. You know, you have to, you might think you're not good at something, but you have to continue to try and you're going to learn from what you failed on. And that's how you build new ideas and that's how you ultimately gain that success. Is, um, and that's one of the biggest things when um, students take a little survey at the end of their week at Starbase. One of the biggest takeaways for them was Starbase taught me that it was okay to fail or not to be scared of failure because so many kids now are scared if they are not good at something, they drop it immediately and they're just done with it. But I think it's that fear of failure. Adults too. Yeah, for sure. Because it's this, um, I don't know if it's our culture that uh, maybe the stigma to failing or how hard it is to fail and those feelings that are attached to it that drive people to not want to do something ever again. Yeah, and I think I think Starbase changes that mindset for for those students is to really put it into perspective that you need to fail in order to to learn and to grow and and to get smarter to gain that knowledge. And how many how many schools are you working with and locally yeah well in the region our region is 500 square miles of the students that we serve um so we about 2800 students come through our school year program um through september september through may and then another 300 during our we have a summer camp that we host um for about four weeks in the summertime so so where are you guys located? We're located in Duluth on the 148th Fighter Wing, actually. So our installation is there and we have four classrooms. So on any given week, we're serving, you know, upwards of, you know, 100 to 120 students. Um, for example, we have um, East Grand Rapids here this week for their session. Next week, we'll have Cloquet. Um, so yeah, our service areas uh, all the way down to Hinkley, um, up through the Iron Range in the Duluth region, and all the way up to International Falls. Is this like a, and then I know that other schools, they take on a STEM program, right? Um, Some of them? That they take on... They take on doing their own STEM program? A lot of them do, um, and I'm glad that a lot of schools or districts are investing in that. Um, I'm thinking about some of the Iron Range schools, like Rock Ridge District. I know they've built an entire STEM lab um, up there. So a lot of schools are investing the time to do that or investing in career pathway programs. Um, Proctor's a school that I know does that, where if you want to go into the trades, there's classes you can take in high school to get that experience or at least find out if you like it or not so what about tribal schools do you guys have tribal schools coming in yes um uh, the Fond du Lac Ojibwe school has been um with us since almost the very beginning I think they started coming in 2018 um and just last year um Net Lake kind of tested us out and brought students down with one of their region or uh, fellow uh, close districts and this year they're coming on their own um so yeah we're really excited that we're um uh, We've got those schools as part of our our partner program. Yeah, I think Fond du Lac, you know, I might get cursed out for having this information wrong. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, But Fond du Lac did have a STEM program before because it was, I don't and maybe you guys had helped with it, but they were building an airplane at once. Oh, okay. They were trying to build an airplane at once. I don't know. This was like 2016, 2017 
somewhere in there. Yeah, so pre-pandemic ad. We uh, we opened our doors in November of 2017, and I think uh, Fond du Lac started coming in 2018, I want to say. So I don't know if they're still carrying out their STEM program or um, or where that's at right now. But That's cool. Um, so what kind of, pro- like, so um, before I ask this question, how do schools or organizations reach out to you guys that when they if they want to come and check it out yeah well initially it was a lot of legwork on my part just visiting with different districts and calling and having meetings um in order to uh convince them to come to our program and with a lot of the districts it it takes one hour one visit to our program to see what the students are doing and how they're doing it to say yep we're in we're coming so they get to do an observation yeah uh, districts can call me up or we i get in contact with them Um, for example i have a principal coming next week from cromwell district they're a district that's never come before to starbase and she's going to come and observe the program and we hope then that they'll join um, and become one of our regular program partners what about for parents? Do parents get to come and observe? Their they kids can. Doing? Yeah, a lot of schools bring parents as volunteers because um, it takes a lot to manage all of that activity and all that hands-on and technology. So a lot of schools bring parent volunteers uh, with, and that's how a lot of the parents get to observe our program. Um, otherwise, they also um, get exposure to our program sometimes through the summer camps that we have. And what kind of projects do the kids work on? During yeah, the, during there's the week. there's so many. Um, during the during the course of the school year, um, they explore an energy energy component. So where they're look, uh, we they get to work with some um, Minnesota power engineers. Um, occasionally, we'll get to come in and um, and because we have so much wind energy, that's a part of what we have in our region here. Um, the kids get to design a wind turbine blade and then they get to test it. We 3D print it in house and then they get to test it at the end of the end of the year or at the end of their session. Um, so there's that component of it. Um, we have a molecules exploration where they actually do molecule modeling, um, a lot of robotics. So they are doing uh, rover coding and asking their rover to uh, manipulate certain pathways for their challenge. Um, they explore atmosphere and atmospheric conditions. Um, they explore inertia, concepts of inertia. Uh, we have an activity that's kind of, we always say it's an oldie, but a goodie, but it's um, basically Basically, they have it's called Mars Lander, and they take a space shuttle, a Mars shuttle, and they have an astronaut that they have to keep safe um, from inertia. So they're actually going to be landing it on Mars, and so they use uh, materials research to pick out their um, their materials to restrain their astronaut to keep them safe on on impact or when they land on Mars. So they're so they're learning budgeting, they're doing engineering design, um, they're doing research uh, management, they're researching products or materials research um, and then they're learning about inertia and what impacts inertia has on on an astronaut that might be landing budgeting is so important (laughs) especially when you're when you finally have to grow up right (laughs) and it's something that i think i think it's harder to budget today than previously i would agree yeah because the crazy um especially coming out of the pandemic the craziness of prices and definitely harder today and uh, but it's i think it's super necessary yeah a lot of teachers 
Yeah, a lot of teachers are really thankful that we have that component of it. And that's one activity that has almost every aspect of STEM. There's there's science, technology, engineering, and math and that whole activity. And the budgeting piece of that is is hugely important. You're selling me on this program right now. <laughs> because budget, um, I can't stress that enough. Budgeting is crazy. And um, I think about it all the time, especially with our tribal kids. So our tribal kids, uh, for people that aren't aware of and that may have know this, uh, we do get a per capita payment mm-hmm. when we turn 18. And other tribes have changed it where the, you have to get a, you have to get your high school diploma for a certain chunk and then you have to get a college degree for a certain chunk. And then if you don't do that, you the rest of it at like 25. Mm-hmm. And watching people not have the budgeting skills and what that can do and how fast somebody can spend money and just like anyone else you know uh, any any other person you know you give them a nice chunk of change and they don't have they have needs and they have some wants and you know ten thousand bucks is easy to spend today mm-hmm. i mean i could spend ten thousand dollars in <laughs> in a couple in paria an hour yeah but it's it's crazy Especially looking at the prices of cars coming out of the during the pandemic. Yeah, I was just um, I don't know if you bought a new car around the pandemic or not. I did not. So one of the crazy things that happened during the pandemic, and give it to the people that did it and and thought about it and you know had the business mindset to do this. I didn't have the business mindset to do. I was too worried about getting a if I was would be able to get another car. I bought a car. I bought my truck at the end of 2019, July, August, September 2019. And within a couple of weeks, I got a call for the dealership to buy the car back. Oh wow. And then when after the pandemic hit, I had got another call from the dealership to buy the car back because all you know the um what is it we were I was just talking about this the other day I think it was had to do with the chips oh okay. the computer chips in the cars yeah. were being manufactured yep. so they had a shortage of vehicles mm-hmm. that could actually be driven and so that's why they were calling people to get their cars back and resell it for more but you were still making like 10 grand per car wow Something like that, some crazy thing. And I heard about it throughout the pandemic that people are selling their vehicles back, and and I probably should have done that like two <laughs> or three times and got a free vehicle out of it. But you take a look at that, like, man, where we're at systematically just with vehicles, you really do have to have that budgeting skill nowadays Yeah, to yeah. be able to take care of yourself. Yeah, exactly. No, so you guys are doing great work, and uh, I appreciate it. And I really do hope that the tribal programs and the local school districts keep coming coming back to you guys. For the rover project, mm-hmm. besides getting a rover on the moon or Mars or any other planet, what so what do the kids learn by doing that? Um, they're learning problem solving skills. Um, so they're having to navigate their rover, um, to do certain challenges. Um, and then the coding piece, um, coding is something that is becoming 
more prominent in a lot of different careers and a lot of different fields. So it gives them just a base baseline experience for learning how to code. What um, kind of coding? Is it's it just block coding. Block coding. Yeah. So we use a Lego rover called Spike. It's one of their newest um, Lego systems. Um, so it's still block coding, um, but it's very user friendly. I thought you guys were teaching them Python. <laughs> no, no Python. Yeah. But, and they also do um, another big thing that you're mentioning that since the pandemic, some things that have changed. One of the biggest things that came out of the pandemic from an education perspective is how many students struggle with teamwork or working with other classmates. And that's something that Starbase is predicated on like everything that they do with a couple of minor exceptions is in a team or a pair setting so So how do you guys um coming out of the pandemic how did you have to rethink of how you get kids to collaborate again yeah it's definitely been a process it's um you know where we are now is very different than where we were two years ago when we started serving serving students again after the pandemic um and it's just been a challenge it's it's really been a slow um a slow journey back to where we are, where we, you know, kids are getting used to working in teams again. And again, kind of going back to that survey that they, they take a lot of students have said they've, they've learned how important it is to work in a team or that they can work in a team. Cause I don't think a lot of them have been required to work in teams. And I think this just showed them what they're capable of. And sometimes how, when you have other people's ideas and, and help how you can actually do better. Like that saying when, you know, we all do better when we all do better. I got to remember that one. (laughs) No, I see it even, especially with my own kids, my daughter, um, her, her and my other two, uh, I have, four kids and they were going down to visit their family in the cities for Thanksgiving, but their Thanksgiving was happening on Wednesday. Oh, okay. And yeah. they were only staying uh, for dinner or maybe for the night, but then they were having another Thanksgiving down there on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. but they weren't going to that one <laughs> because my daughter didn't want to be around that many people. Yeah. yeah. And she's like that. And my all my kids can get like that especially coming out of the pandemic, it's Mm -hmm. weird seeing it because I was never one of them kids. Right. And so it's, it's been hard to adjust. Um, well, give her the support that she needs Mm -hmm. and you know, it's all right. We don't, you don't have to do that. You can, the grandparents really did a good job at saying, Hey, we're, we'll just have a smaller dinner on Wednesday and then Mm -hmm. you guys take off, which was really nice of them that I thought. Yeah. And then, um, thinking about m- me personally, like I, I like the social, the <laughs> socialness of everything. I like doing uh, networking events. I like going to ceremonies. Yeah. I like uh, meeting a bunch of people and doing big events all the time. It's just something that I like to do. So having a kid that is completely opposite has been a shift. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and we have, you know, students of, you know, every personality, every ability level, um, whether they say they want to come to Starbase or they don't, we, we're, we're not, you know, there's every, every class comes together and with their teacher and I have four or I have six educators um, who are all licensed teachers in the state of Minnesota, and they're so good at what they do that they can meet every student regardless of where they're at on an ability level. So, you know, we're going to support the kids who need the support 
and then we're going to challenge the kids who might think this is too easy. So um, there's never an opt out for Starbase. It's, um, you know, we don't just take certain students or select certain students. It's everyone deserves a chance to show what they're capable of and everyone deserves a chance to experience Starbase and, and find where their, where their talents might be. So, yeah. And it goes back to that story of taking me two times to fail yeah to get an a plus and you just never know which kids are going to be might be the kid that actually gets us there to mars yeah a hundred percent yeah that's another piece that um, is really a core part of our program is the focus that we put on students doing uh, research and investigation on STEM careers. Uh, we like to highlight careers that are unique. Um, you know, if you think of STEM, you think, oh, engineer. Well, there's probably dozens and dozens of kinds of engineers. So we try to highlight some of the unknown ones. Um, but we also want to show students that there's a STEM career on the spectrum, you know, regardless of, you know, what level of education you want to you want to go through. So if you don't want to go to college, there are really lucrative careers in in trades and um, and and shorter degree programs or certifications, um, you know, so that STEM can STEM is accessible and we want students to realize that STEM is accessible um, in their community. And then we also then we highlight careers that are in our region and our community. So that's one of the things um, that we I had talked about before that getting in, engaged and involved with some of our, our tribal communities to feature careers that that individuals have in STEM that are important culturally or that are very prominent in in those areas um so the, we just we want to show students that stem is where they are stem is in their communities there's people who who are you know live and work in their communities that have these jobs and how do we how do we show students what are available and what uh what opportunities that they might have so that's a big part of the week that they um have at starbase too so we met at the Apex meeting, mm-hmm. and one of the people that walked up to me, uh, introduced themselves to me, they had just got a contract uh, with with, um, with Fond du Lac. Okay. And specifically towards engineering. Awesome. And they were having, we have the tarot ordinance, um, tribal employment, uh, something officer. I always forget the acronyms, <laughs> I swear. But they said they were having trouble finding an engineer that could um, be hired for the work. Okay. Because of the the ordinance. And I said, you know, I started thinking I, I couldn't think of any engineers. Anyone that would, you know, it, once you become an engineer and you're usually working somewhere. Mm-hmm. You're usually You have the good experience and the experience to be working outside of our community or working within our community full time, not necessarily looking for part-time work. So the need is there, especially coming into tribal communities, especially some of these really specific jobs that people get, uh, if it's engineering, if it's um, trades, as you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And even being an educator, hearing about, When I joined education, I started at at a college institute, the College of Saint Scholastica, Mm -hmm. and even then they were started started saying that there's going to be a trade shortage of people being in trades. Yeah, 
you hear about it. And, um, I watch reels all the time on Facebook. It's one of the things that I like. Um, if I go on Facebook, that's probably the only thing that I do because <laughs> I can't scroll. I don't like scrolling and I don't like getting into too many people's business because people put their business on Facebook and I don't <laughs> think it's the right place to do that. But, um, one of the reels had said, you're going to start seeing influencers saying that they're becoming plumbers. You're going to start seeing mm. people saying the next thing is to become a plumber. Next thing to do is to become an electrician and mm-hmm. that's going to be what's cool. And I, maybe a week goes by and I'm not lying. Uh, an influencer was making videos about them being a plumber. Oh, wow. And this guy had made this video like two, three years ago. And he said, this oh. is what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to stop saying that, you know, it's not just partying. It's not just doing, um, having a ton of fun buying, um, becoming an influencer, buying the, your dream house, getting a Lamborghini and that, whatever. My son has this idea that he's going to get a Lamborghini <laughs> when he's, and he, I'm hoping he does. I keep telling him, yeah, that's a good goal to have. Yep, work if hard. If you want a Lamborghini, <laughs> you're gonna have to work hard and get it. And I hope you do. Yeah. Um, but seeing that this guy was actually right, like within an t- entire week, somebody was posting videos about being a plumber and making it look cool and cutting all these angles on a on a pipe for a sink. And yep. I was like, man, I should. I wish I knew how to do some of this stuff so I didn't have to pay that every time. Yeah. I need something done. Yeah. Plumbing wise. Yeah. And there's, there's STEM, there's math and science and technology angles, everything. Yeah. And all of that. So, yeah. So that's why we're trying to do a lot of promotion of, of those trades because they are in desperate need right now. So. No, you're doing a whole bunch of good work and, um, for people, um, that want to reach out, how do they get a hold of you? Um, or Starbase. Yeah, they can go to our website. We have a website. Um, so it's www.starbasemn.org. And you click on the Duluth site because um, there's two in Minnesota. One's in St. Paul and one's here. Um, and then there's a contact us section where they can um, email or call me directly. And I'd be happy to chat with people. Um, we also have a Facebook and Instagram page. Um, so just search for Starbase Duluth. Um, and we always post about when we're doing outreach activities or when we're out in the community or about the students that we've got coming. Um, And we also try to connect people with our social media to other STEM organizations. So if a kid is just really, really interested in STEM and parents or guardians are looking for opportunities, uh, we try to connect people with those too because there are so many people in all of our communities doing really awesome STEM education work. So, And I know how it is working in education. And I I don't want to, you know, unveil anything that, might be in the works but is there any crazy projects in the work that you guys are thinking hey maybe we should try this um one of the things that we're we're going to start to do um is we're going to start to be uh, start to reach out to the middle school levels uh we were calling it starbase 2.0 i don't know what it ultimately will be or become but we want to be able to continue you know something to the next level for some students we won't be able to do it for our 2800 students that we serve each year but looking for schools 
middle schools that we could potentially partner with to, um, you know, deepen those relationships and continue that love of STEM. So that's kind of what's next on the horizon for us. And then ultimately high school too. So for, uh, for that big of a project to add middle school, what does that entail besides just but knowing the budget, knowing what you actually have to pay for this thing, but does this require adding more staff? Does it require more space? Um, potentially most of our, uh, the kind of the, the way the template is for a 2.0 program is we actually go to the schools. Okay. So we just would partner with the schools. We would, you know, look for a classroom space, um, and kind of do it in an after school format or club format. Um, and then my staff would work with, you know, collaborators at the school and uh, curriculum would be another component of it that we'd have to build a middle school curriculum because we want it to be entirely different and more age appropriate for the kids at the higher levels. Um, and then bringing in more people with STEM careers. That's again, we want to try to really drive that home and connect people to connect students with those people in the real world so that they can actually meet them and work with them, talk with them, um, you know so that they, they learn a little bit more about what's out there. For the Starbase employees that you have, um, are they farmer educators? Are they engineers? What, what are their backgrounds? Yeah, they're all educators, so they're all licensed teachers, um, and a lot of them have either certifications or um, areas of expertise in the STEM fields. So maybe they are a middle school science teacher, former middle school science teacher, or they are an environmental educator. Um, so we bring those those people, and we kind of look for those people that have that affinity or you know they, they are, have a love for STEM. Um, but they're all current teachers. They all have to maintain their licenses. And so that's why they're all really good at at the um, at the classroom management component of it, as well as um, they're very passionate about, you know, learning and researching as much as they can about STEM topics, whether that's about the Mars rovers or what NASA might be doing or what engineering firms are in our region, you know, so that they can be better, better educated themselves to give info to their students. And I appreciate that. Um, my nephew, he's a college student. He's thinking of going into aviation. And I don't know, something, I think it's something about flying mm -hmm. that makes people, especially the people that love flying. Um, I love flying. I love, I think it's the best way to travel. I don't know if there's any, any other way that's better <laughs> than that. Um, is there going to be anything with drones or aviation eventually with with what you guys are doing? With Starbase, yeah. Actually, a lot of Starbase, other Starbase locations across the country I know are doing work with drones. Um, and actually in the middle school setting, that's probably a little bit easier um, because drones aren't allowed on military installations. So Yeah, you um, guys are over there. Yeah, yeah. So we're on, we're on the Air Force Base. So, um, But yeah, drones are, are, are huge right now, obviously. And um, yeah, at the middle school level, I think that would be a great time to explore that with, with that level of student. And as we wrap this up, is there anything else that we may not have covered that I you want to mention? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, we really touched on everything. I guess the only thing I would say is um, if if anyone listening is interested in uh, our summer camp program to reach out to me, um, 
we we have slots. Uh, they fill up really quickly. We open up registration in March, um, but the camp is free, um, just like our school year program is free. Um, is this per student? What per student or per, per school? Um, the as far as the the summer camp, if, if you want to sign up for that it. is individually. Um, okay. We do hold aside some slots though for youth organizations or school groups. So we definitely are willing to work with, um, you know, if because actually Fond du Lac Ojibwe School did come um, during the summer one year when we they couldn't come during the pandemic. They brought their whole class the following year, which was great. So we were still able to um, to offer the program to those kids. So so either individually or as a group. Um, so people are welcome to reach out to me and get more information get on our mailing list so they can learn more about when registration opens i have a good closing question for that sure. to add, add to that so you said 500 miles mm-hmm. that's the our service area service yeah. area mm-hmm. does that go into wisconsin we don't serve students from wisconsin right now um so it is just within the state of minnesota just based on on how our program is structured and the fact that we're kind of at capacity right now with the students in in our in around the minnesota community so how far south does it go um all the way down to hinkley all the, all the way down to hinkley how far west from there um let's see i'm trying to think as far how how far west we go um do you guys go towards brainerd no we haven't gone as far as brainerd yet yeah okay so must be between hinkley and malax and then yeah north. Yeah, because we yeah, don't. How far north? Um, Rapids. Uh, I mean, I, I Falls, International Falls is the like the furthest north we have. Okay. Um, they come down and stay, spend a week with us. Um, and then basically everything in between, like Iron Range, essentially. Okay. So Grand Rapids, we do have Grand Rapids right now. So. So nobody from Oklahoma. <laughs> no, no Oklahoma. <laughs> no, it, what's funny is the uh, reason why I bring up Oklahoma is uh, Joel and I, the, uh, my co-host, we went down to Oklahoma um, to do a roll call for Reservation Dogs. It's a it's a oh, television yeah. series on Hulu. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it, the last season was last was last year, but uh, we didn't get our call. Aw. <laughs> and when we were going through the line. Uh, Joel had mentioned to one of the people that work on Reservation Dogs that were on a podcast, and they said, which podcast? We listen to a lot of them, especially almost all the native ones. And he said, middle of the res road. And he said, yeah, we've heard of you. Wow. And so we have people. For, <clears throat> it's weird. It's weird being on a podcast. It's weird um, being um, have, knowing that people know you. <laughs> that you don't know right yeah it's, it's strange so the joke was about being in oklahoma and, and actually people listening from listening oklahoma. yeah so it's weird yeah the great thing is that there's star bases all over the country i can't recall right now if we've got any in oklahoma but um there's upwards of 80 to 90 locations um and then they also have locations in guam and puerto rico too Awesome. Yeah. You guys are doing good work. And, Thank you. And if you ever want to come back on the podcast, tell us some of the new projects, especially um, we would love to hear about um, Starbase 2.0. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you get it going. Because I really do, I truly believe in 
um, you know, being an integration specialist, one of the last things that we were doing was pushing into the classrooms. And that's what you guys are essentially doing, pushing into schools and meeting students where they're at. 100%. No, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate you so much for coming on. Oh, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and talk talk about Starbase, my favorite thing. (laughs) All right. You have a good day. Thanks. You too. Take care.